0: Hi, I'm Dawn Kendall and I'm Alex Howarth and
1: this is the Yoga Life Podcast. Hi, welcome back to the Yoga Life Podcast. So this week we've got our wonderful special guests for an interview. Before we go into that, we should quickly have a little recap after our last episode, um, which was all about... The I can't oh. surrender to the divine, but how do you say it again, Alex? Ishvara, Pranidhana, Ishvara, Pranidaya. Yeah, yeah. That's um, it. Have you? Do you feel like there's been examples of how you've sort of surrendered to the divine in the last? I do, Dawn. But you know, oh. you've rushed right in. How are you? Oh, I mean, I'm okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. We've uh, we've actually had a break from recording um, I because well. A, we needed one. And B, uh, Don's had Tom's
1: alighters. Yeah, so I've not, so been, she's very not well. been very well. Um, as soon um, but as I assume you're on can... the mend. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty much better. i just got a tickly cough, which is highly embarrassing in the world of COVID because every time you cough, you feel like you've got to say, I've not got COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and it's great when you suddenly can go back to work after months off and you get ill. Hey. Um. Never mind. So it's been a challenging couple of weeks for you. Hasn't it has, it? but you know, I've got wonderful clients that are so understanding and they let le, your total gems when I move them around. It's lovely. Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah, that is How good. About what about you?
0: Um, I've taken it kind of easy on myself the last couple of weeks due to ongoing health shit that you know about, um, which is kind of, it does lead me into where I have surrendered Mm -hmm. um so it's just been an ongoing thing that causes me aggro almost every single day um and so I had an MRI and I think this MRI was on the horizon in my mind for such a long time without me really realizing that that would give me answers and it then didn't (laughs) uh so I got my results and it came back as normal um And as good news as that is in itself, that is great news. It's also very, very annoying because I feel like I just went back to not having a freaking clue what's going on. And uh, I guess my surrendering to the divine was just that letting go of that control, like I don't know what is wrong with me. It's obviously not an easy fix, otherwise it would have gone by now. So I just kind of let all sense of control go around it. And it took some time. It took, uh, it's taken a big mindset shift around it. Um, I've stopped being so hard on myself. I've stopped expecting so much from myself. And I've just kind of, I'm just rolling with it. I've cut down how many hours I allow myself to look at a screen each day. I've cut how many hours of work I do each day. Um to generally just manage this because I was getting to a point where I just wanted to get into bed each night and cry. And it was just because I was just consistently, I was dealing with this thing, but also not dealing with it because I was trying to pretend that it wasn't there and it was, it wasn't the way to do it. And so I've just spent, essentially I've spent the last two weeks trying to remanage my diary, remanage how I work, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know if any of you will have noticed, but I've not posted on social media for two weeks. Uh, I posted on Alex Health Yoga for the first time in two weeks and I've just stepped right away from it. Less time on my phone, less time on the screen, uh, less bookings, everything. And yeah, yeah, I'm trying to let go of that control, but where I can make a change, where I can control something, I have. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be mine.
1: Yeah. And I I think I'm probably quite similar in that... (laughs) I feel like bad friend because I haven't noticed you not on social media, but that's also because I've probably been surrendering to feeling ill. And again, really just that managing workloads and almost just like, just letting it be, like just having a belief that everything will be okay. Like when I get better, it'll it'll sort out, you know, anything that's important will be sorted and- Exactly. Yeah. 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 (laughs) This (laughs) doggo. some entertaining positioning there Elvis.
0: Elvis has been on one today he was singing earlier.
1: Yeah lovely. <laughs> so today we have got the wonderful guests Gavin and Emily Drake their father and daughter I was about to say son gosh <laughs> oh sorry Emily. Um, father and daughter who own Mindspan oh, well Gavin owns Mindspan um we've mentioned them in a couple of our episodes because we've done a workshop with them uh we know Gavin he's come to Alex's classes hasn't he um but yeah so you know a brief overview Mindspan are like a a personal development and training organization uh they really work on mindset and things Uh, they go through helping ask some questions so why do some people get more out of life than uh, others (laughs) sorry the dog (laughs) why do some (laughs) people handle better handle challenges better why are some people happier than others why are some people more successful from others um gavin started this in the 1990s um to start answering these questions and researching Free thinking, psychology, mindset and attitude. So after concluding the most important factor for any of us in life is what's going on in our heads, he set about creating the Mindspan Triad. So this is a framework of three psychologies, and nine competencies that are foundation for all our coaching, all their, their coaching and training work for the clients. Um, so we shall go and greet them now. Morning. Uh, so... Gavin and Emily, welcome to the Yoga Life podcast. So this is with myself, Dawn Kendall, and the lovely Alex Howarth. Um, so we've briefly had a, an overview of what's on your website and uh, what you do. Do you two want to go over and above what Mindspan do?
2: Go for it, em. you kick off then.
3: Um, so well, I'm very, I feel very lucky that my it's my dad who founded the company. The uh, the bald man back in you know in the corner of this video. <laughs> um, no, back in 1998, I think I was only um, four, six six there we go um <laughs> yeah you you've sort of founded this across I, I, yeah it, it, our content spans across uh, multiple multiple areas of psychology about i think i'm right in saying about 20 different areas of psychology mm-hmm. um and our main mission really beyond sort of what the website says is just to be helping people to reach high levels of fulfillment um so it's all peak performance mind personal development um Anything to be driving people forward with their mindset um, and be being in a better place and sort of their best, best version of themselves, really. Lovely. And it, was there anything,
1: Gavin, that particularly sparked you to start Mindspan? Like, where did it all come from?
2: Uh, yeah, I, 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 like lots of people, um, I sort of got into, went into my 30s with a career type thing, employed. Um, I've been in man- management roles and sales management roles, meandered into being asked to do some training. Just discovered I really enjoyed it but I also had this burning thing in the background of I just don't I didn't want to be employed I didn't want that sort of career or, or working life and always had a desire to be my own boss or slightly more in charge of my own destiny if that made sense um yeah so just we with M was six brother was four Ollie's oh, older than me, yeah. you no, know, by the way around. <laughs> he, was he was eight. Sorry, he was eight. Yeah, yeah. he was eight.
3: Was two years difference. We are a close family. You wouldn't think it from how this has started.
0: <laughs> yeah. even oh, I know oh, Ollie's oh, older.
2: I family research of my children before I, on this podcast beforehand. Yeah, have so, next time. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. We I guess we took a bit of a risk because you know, we decided to give up a salary and all that paraphernalia and a company car and try and start this from nothing and. Yeah, uh, twenty-three years later, here's, here we are, and we have you know I'm very really proud. We've built a, a, a biz, different businesses with different models, and we now have a really strong licensing model in the business where we're growing the team. And yeah, we've worked in fifteen countries. Wow. Yeah, our, our sort of principles have been delivered in three languages. And why did I? Well, for some of those reasons, I wanted to be my own boss, and I had an in, a massive interest in psychology and personal growth, and I loved training, but. Uh, without starting the podcast on a down, it probably also influenced by losing my mother when I was very young, about 12, suddenly one day. And that probably without me even knowing at the time, sowed some seeds around, don't take life for granted. Do something with it. Don't wait for things. It's your responsibility, etc., etc., etc. cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and those are really some of those themes and principles sort of interwoven into our, all of our coaching and training, whether we're working with you know, professional athletes or uh, you know the board of a senior uh, sorry the board of a big international company or children in schools or with a charity
1: I guess coming from a personal experience it probably then shows in the passion for the company and 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 the way you've built it so it's always yeah, nice we yeah get
2: feedback that we're quite passionate <laughs> yes yeah,
1: good <laughs> so obviously we talk about yoga we are the yoga life podcast um so briefly could you like do either of you do yoga? like the physical yoga oh
2: yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I
3: was, I was, um... so, yeah we should speak shouldn't we so yes. both, <laughs>
1: <laughs> both <people>. nodding
3: <laughs> i i actually got really into yoga um in the first lockdown um i've always been like really into into fitness and exercise and when i was younger i did gymnastics for about nine years i think um I'm I'm not as flexible as I was as a child when I was doing that um but when when the gyms closed and I wasn't able to kind of get that daily outlet of of exercise for myself I was just looking what can I do what can I do at home um I, I didn't really fancy like some jumping around kind of um you know acro class is not really my not really my thing I thought what can I do and I really like to set myself goals and obviously my my fitness goals kind of had to go out the window because I couldn't didn't have access to the weights that I would normally and I thought well what goals can I set for myself um, and they all became yoga based or flexibility based and I cannot imagine a life without stretching now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm obsessed.
0: <laughs> you got your handstands in that first lockdown didn't you?
3: yeah I also learned to do the splits um which was something uh, I'm a bit rusty on that now um but I did make it my mission for a few for a few months um but yeah handstands headstands I think I just like to be upside down <laughs> I think yeah, we, that. that's what I found <laughs> but no I love yoga you you and dad you do yoga don't you
2: yeah, yeah I was um I I found uh, an amazing amazing yoga teacher um What's her name? <laughs> Al, Al,
3: Alec? Big Al. Would... Alec Howard.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's here. Oh, me. Yeah oh uh, Yeah. I've always been interested in yoga and dabbled a little bit on my own so to speak but um, yeah love it love it yeah. and actually yeah the weekend I was uh, doing my own yin yoga session at home and which is my favorite actually I've, I've, that's developed that's my favorite I love getting into those poses for three minutes and just letting letting my body just sink into them um yeah and, and just found it, it really helps It's helped me in loads of aspects of my physiology but also me- it mentally links with what we do for a living as well too,
1: so. yeah that's what I was going to go on to next so have you have either of you read much much about the philosophies or you know the the spiritual side of the yoga
2: um, i
3: haven't oh sorry i got a book for christmas actually because i was getting so into um into yoga and because i'm a bit of a bookworm um that has all of the the history of yoga and i think in sort of that more spiritual side i haven't yet read it um but i do i mean you just what it's called I, um, don't worry too much the science of yoga yeah, but it it touches on that I think um sorry that was my bookshelf behind me <laughs> all my stretches um <laughs> but um I do I actually practice my affirmations when I do yoga um just because I, I think it's a really good quiet time in the day for me I feel really just really focused when I do them so I, I yeah there's probably loads that I can learn about sort of more with that history but um I love it basically <laughs> yeah
1: no and, and well yeah that's where we've sort of realized there's so many overlaps and we started to mention like your name came up because Gavin you did that happiness workshop but for yeah. Alex's um, yogis that I was in once and sort of several things from that I've taken and then ended up bringing up during our podcast and you know we touched on so many of those things and then I know Alex has gone through um, and listened to your podcast and there is just so much overlap coming obviously from slightly different angles but it's just also similar isn't it yeah
2: yeah Yeah. I think there's that you can look at a number of um philosophies or different types of philosophy and there's amazing crossover I can remember many because I'm a bit like Emma real bookworm I love reading in and around our subject and you know I've probably well i probably I've read over 500 books and I reread some that just mean a lot to me and I share them so I'm massively into books and it was a long long time ago and I can remember I was reading one of my sort of books you know around mindset and, and and the like and um so my wife was also then reading something quite spiritualist um around spiritualism and actually they were using very different language but actually she was reading something and I was reading something they're actually the similar the same thing just wrapped up with a different ribbon and yeah. I'm, I'm massively into meditation as well too which obviously has huge huge links with yoga as well too and yeah I, th- I think there's there's a lot of <clears throat> through the ages there's a lot of really sensible advice and principles of philosophies that get wrapped up with different ribbons but actually are very similar
1: yeah they yeah so will come from the same kind of roots mm. really don't they um so the first what was it the first point that Alex found that was a real overlap was the journaling because you're you're a journaler aren't you Alex I I personally am not I pick it up maybe once a month and write a page and never do it again but Alex is more of a pro on that
0: this came up for us in our so we've been covering the yamas and the niyamas which are the first two limbs in yoga so they're um like social guidelines and then personal guidelines on how to essentially your journey to reach enlightenment um and one of the niyamas so one of the personal guidelines is Mm self-study and I find that journaling is a hugely powerful tool when it comes to learning about yourself because you just instead of just being in your own head and beating yourself up about stuff as soon as you get things on pen on paper it just all becomes so much clearer and your mind isn't just bringing you down it's like right okay well I didn't manage to do this or I failed at this and then you write it down and it's like well actually that's one sentence of something that's gone slightly wrong and it's really not that big of a deal and it kind of puts everything into perspective and for me from that I can just strip away everything that's feels wrong about a situation or as a failure um or something that hasn't gone quite to plan and then quite easily i can turn that around into a load of positives just because i've got pen to paper and i essentially when i was uh going through your podcast it was like well your take on journaling is like slightly different and i thought it'd be wonderful to share mm. what you guys because um you're wor- working through some journaling stuff on your social media at the minute aren't you
3: yeah, I I'm, I'm a huge advocate of trying to share um I mean a lot of uh, not just with journaling but with a lot of the tools that we talk about at Mindspan. Um I think there's this sort of conception that with sometimes our thoughts that, that they're so confusing and complex and that actually there's got to be a really complex solution to being yeah. in a healthier headspace. Um and sometimes when I share these tools like about journaling or some of the other exercises we have um because they take 2 to 3 minutes sometimes people think no, my head's too complicated that's not going to help me out and I just I cannot advocate it enough that the impact that taking a few minutes Mm -hmm. each day to just reflect on your day um with a positive focus the impact that that can have um and some sort of things um yeah I do daily but that we really recommend really really simple ways of getting started and into journaling if because for some people it's like I'm not going to sit there and write, dear diary. It's too fluffy. Um, exactly to what we said, in. isn't it, Tom? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do that. I'm not, that's so that's so silly. Um, so at the end of each day, I just I always write three things that I'm either happy for, grateful for, or that I've appreciated about the day. That's just for me. It's a really quick win on just three things. Um, and I also um, either write three things or spend five minutes just looking at um, things I've done successfully or that I've achieved. Um, So the first sort of thing with the with the gratitude and appreciation can really help shift our perspective on our life um, and get us into a happier headspace. Because like you were just saying, Alex, you you sort of realize some of that stuff actually just isn't such a big deal. And there's actually so much good stuff in our lives, even during a pandemic. There's still things to be grateful for, still things to be happy about. Um, So it can really help with that kind of ending the day on a positive positive note rather than I haven't sent that email yet or I haven't done this or what if I stressed out so and so or you know you're sort of eradicating that and just going today there's some really good things about today and then with that sort of the self-celebration that things I've achieved or done successfully the boost that has on self-esteem and confidence is is tenfold for something that takes such little time because you're starting to naturally then get used to and creating a habit of speaking to yourself kindly and and giving yourself a pat on the back because it's just not something we tend to do um people do tend to focus on the one thing that went wrong rather than the 10 things they did amazingly and that's sort of something we just yeah I'm people may get annoyed with me on my social media about it but I just I cannot I cannot bang on about it enough
0: (laughs) if those people get annoyed then they'll stop following you and they're not for you don't worry about Uh, (laughs) it
3: I'm just trying to share some good vibes
2: and you do (laughs) Thank you. Probably around perspective, you know, and touched on it there that, you know, there there is a, to a degree, a sort of natural negativity bias in the brain in as much as, you know, the old prehistoric brain is looking for problems. Of course, it it has helped to keep us alive. And whilst many, 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 many years ago that was about survival, we're looking to threats to our lives that for most of us, most of the time, we don't have threats to our lives as such, but you've still got that old piece of brain looking for problems and issues. And, you know, that's why typically you know, somebody who does 20 things in a day at work and messes one up, they're going to think about that one thing all night and then wonder why they can't sleep and then wonder why tomorrow they're not very confident or feeling very good about themselves. And yet 19 things they did adequ- adequately well or brilliantly and there's no, there's no reflection. It's a bit like those things didn't happen. And that, that's the amazing thing about what's going on in our head. If we don't give it some attention, if we don't give it some time and reflection, it doesn't, it's almost like it, these things don't exist. Yeah. That's why also you think about life perspective. We all have things in life, you know, a few things in life that could be better always, you know, life is never going to be perfect, which is probably a good thing. Cause then we, it gives us purpose, doesn't it? If we have things to improve, but there, you know, life, life won't be perfect. We will all have things that could be better at any one time. And sometimes in amongst some of those things, you have some big stuff, some tragic tragedy and some trauma. Well, look, it's, it's called life always coexisting with those few things always is an absolute shared load of stuff for all of us which is pretty damn good or amazing but if we don't think about it and give it some attention it feels like it doesn't exist and that's just nonsense so it's you know things things like journaling when some people think well it's just pink fluffy stuff no it isn't it's actually you know the great thing about the world we live in now is with yoga with spiritualism with meditation with what is sometimes seen as more ethereal principles, there's scientific research behind all of them now. So we're beginning to realise the relevance of stuff that was more prevalent with the great philosophers 2,000 years ago.
3: Yeah. I was going to say, one of the things that I think, like an analogy that, or a way that people, I know this doesn't seem related, but just hang with me, (laughs) Like with 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 our bodies, with fueling our bodies, if we were gonna, people really get that. Oh, if I fuel my body with like um you know fast food, drugs, alcohol, I, it's not going to be in the healthiest place it can be. Um, if our brains work very similarly, whatever you fuel that with, um your your subconscious and your your mind, it basically just it's like a sponge. If you stuck it in a bucket of wine, it's just gonna soak that up if you stuck it in a bucket of water it's just going to soak that up whatever you're fueling your mind with just like your body you there is a consequence of what you're putting in um and so if you're giving yourself less than helpful um yeah stimulus every single day stimulus that might cause feelings of stress or anxiety or low self-esteem like the more you do that there is a there is a consequence of doing that because you start to create more of it um, and that's one of the things journaling um, really helps to I would say our subconscious is a bit like a naughty toddler like it just wants to be stimulated if you don't give that toddler you know a coloring book or any rules to live by it's just going to run riot it's going to go in the cupboards and grab food and go crazy draw all over the walls if you give that give yourself structure to it's, it's you're still stimulating it but you're just doing it in a way that is Healthy and helpful, um, and that's what I think journaling really helps to do.
2: Sorry. Uh, we do uh, talk a lot. We
3: say that already.
2: <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's conscious attention on something constructive, and obviously, when you're journaling, you, know, it, you are engaging more of your senses. So, obviously you're not just thinking stuff; you are creating it. That stuff then becomes a, visu- a visual cue. So, if you open, even if you didn't journal something uh, again, you wrote something and you looked at, and you looked at that. That's a visual cue. It's a trigger to get your thoughts in a certain direction. And obviously we live in a world where there's a, you know, more than any other time in our evolution as a species, we are, you know, we are bombarded with more information every day than ever. How much of that is healthy? How much of that is really helpful? How much of that is, is nurturing and nourishing a healthy psychology? Some, hence podcasts like this, of course, but but that's also, that's also almost battling with a a heck of a lot of other stuff, which hasn't got people's mind and mental uh health and nourishment uh, uh, is a key interest it's just shocking yeah. stuff at people and they they're not most people you know they don't know otherwise they're not mindful enough to make a conscious selection about what they expose themselves to and what's just there does that make sense you know
1: there's so yeah.
2: a way we can do that
1: i think and um one of the things about i don't really journal but i've the the thing I take from it is the gratitudes. So so like Mm -hmm. everyone seems to put gratitudes in journals and it's, it's great. And um, that's the thing that I end up like, I just sort of, I suppose I think it through instead of write it. And, you know, maybe sometimes I should write it, but that's, I think that's really changed my mindset in, in life is actually just picking up the gratitudes, And I find myself being grateful for so much more. And even like the other day, something kind of negative happened in the day and it was playing in my mind at night. And so I I just laid there and it's like, well, what, what am I grateful for today? And you sort of start thinking through all the grateful things and it sort of really outweighs, you know, all the, neg- anything negative and,
2: and just... But the fact yeah. you do that, it, you, you think it, that's a yeah. great, that's a great start, isn't it? Yeah. Because you, 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 you remind yourself to think that, mm-hmm. think those things. So that's, that's, that's all what, what we're trying to do. Yeah. Journaling, when we're journaling, that's a physical representation of what we're trying to influence in our head. If you, if, if someone wishes to take their, gratitude journaling which they've started and they enjoy it to another level to uh, deepen the gratitude there are ways of doing that as well too you can intensify okay. the gratitude with things like quantity of gratitude so okay. if you picked up a journal that you've been filling in I don't know say for six months and there are pages and pages and pages and pages of things that you have uh, decided you're grateful for and you've captured them that has been proven through research to to intensify the feeling of gratitude because you know, you're not just thinking, oh, I've just got lots to be grateful for. You know, that, that, that's nice, but that doesn't do a lot. Yeah. You've actually got physical representation of just how much. Yeah. The level of detail of the gratitude is also really important. Because I can say, I can say, I'm really grateful I work with them. That's
0: That's nice. It's a nice yeah. stuff.
2: But if I then say, It would be
0: awkward if he wasn't. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm really yeah. grateful. I'm really grateful I work with M because of this, 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 and this. And she brings this to the day and she helps me to feel this. And she contributes that. that will intensify- real
3: reasons, Dad, if you want. I'm, I'm all ears.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about those later. <laughs> you know, in scientific in research, your review. <laughs> research tells us that intensifies the gratitude. So quantity of gratitude, level of detail. That, that, and also uh, the third key element is, is the variety of subject matter
1: yeah so not always the
2: same thing no yeah. no yeah. you obviously got relationship family stuff where you live the resources you have but again the, the, the more you expand upon this the more you deepen the gratitude yeah you, i found another couple that, of ways you, Alex? Yeah. yeah so
0: i found another couple of ways Are if you're really struggling with um so anxiety so thinking forwards and just worrying about stuff that hasn't happened yet i found a really nice way to bring yourself in is to think of gratitude absolutely here in the moment rather than projecting forwards or backwards, uh, which is what most people do. So um, I've, sort of narrowed it down narrowed it down so I'm like things you're grateful for about this week things you're grateful for about this yoga practice things you're grateful for about right now and sort of slowly but surely made it more and more and more specific um and essentially said if you're really struggling to actually get to the moment which a lot of people do because everything just gets so loud in life um that just really honing in and doing the right now so right now it'd be like I'm really grateful that I've got a lovely comfy chair to do this podcast on yeah for instance
3: presentness is huge though as well for helping with with Mm. mindset i mean that's actually one of the reasons i think i fell in love with yoga so much because um yeah we are are, there's so much going on in our day-to-day lives and people don't very often take a moment to be to be quiet or be to and i don't just mean like physically but actually quietening their mind um because if they're sat at their desk or whatever they're doing there's there's always that something coming in, whether it's an email or, you know, a distraction. Um, and there was a book, is it in Stop Thinking, Start Living Dad or Don't Sweat the Small Stuff? There's a book by one of Richard Carlson's books. Yep. He talks about the importance of being bored um, and actually allowing yep. your mind to to not think um, or to just be, you know, really getting rid of a lot of the noise basically. And I think that's one of the great things that I think yoga does because it's a, it's also a way of, you're focusing on something because you're focusing on whatever the movement is that you're doing and like your body and but it, it really brings it to the present moment um mm-hmm. i thought i was good at practicing presentness and then when i started doing that i was like wow this is uh, it just helped me so much um yeah sorry that was just more of a, a love <laughs> for yoga basically <laughs> no 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 i mean
0: you try and do a balance posture without concentrating or even one of the inversions headstand handstand and your mind is anywhere else but on your mat and figuring out what your body is doing you're not going to do it and it becomes incredibly frustrating um whereas if you actually bring yourself to the the here and now um it becomes a whole lot easier but that's part of what the physical practice is all about and why it was created because that's like a tiny bit of what yoga actually is um and so yeah it's all part of just being present and figuring out what you're actually doing
2: with your body yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just, you mentioned earlier around, Dawn, you asked the question around background history of yoga, et cetera, and, and, and the like. I mean, you you touched on certain sessions I've been in with you, Alex, around some some stories you've told and, and metaphors and, and, and the like. But where, where could I, because that actually fascinates me. As I get older, I, I like to know where stuff comes from and I like to understand it more and more and more. Do you have a, a particular, do you have a book or, or a place to go where one someone like me can um... go?
0: I would start with two books. One would be The Light on Yoga, but I would read the Bhagavad Gita. Okay,
2: yeah.
0: Um, please don't make me smell that.
3: I was—I've <laughs> just written what looks like a drunken word. I
0: will. Yeah. I will quickly bring that up. It's um, essentially so the Bhagavad Gita is a chapter. Oh, my phone is on airplane mode. That's why nothing is loading. It's a chapter out of a huge poem essentially it's meant to be a poem but it doesn't read like a poem it doesn't rhyme unfortunately um but it's essentially the what yoga is and um why we practice it and it's all about uh, the dharmas behind it and uh, so which is the the reason that you're on the on the planet what your reason in life is for and it essentially uh it's about uh, two two people, well Arjuna is the, is the hero of the story um, and he is about to go into battle with his four brothers, there's five of them, his four brothers to fight essentially the other half of his family because there's been this big rift. And um, his charioteer is Krishna, who unbeknownst to Arjuna up until this point is a god. He's, okay. Krishna was just his best pal and um, Arjuna has a complete and utter nervous breakdown. They are riding between the two armies, which apparently millions and millions of soldiers on each. And they're riding between the two armies on this chariot and Arjuna just has this mental breakdown. He just sits in the chariot and cries and he's like, I don't want to go into battle. I don't want to kill all of my family and my friends and the people that I've grown up with. Like, what is the point? Um, it just, I just feel like it's a lose-lose situation. Anyway, Krishna then reveals himself as the almighty God and explains to Arjuna why he should practice yoga and how um, it is his righteous path and what he should be doing to reach enlightenment, essentially. Um, And so it's a really lovely place to start with yoga. Um, And you can just get so much from it. You can read one line in the Bhagavad Gita and you can talk about it for about, an hour easily because of just how deep it is and the, all the ways you could interpret it but it's, it's really it's good and it's not very long won't take long at all if you audible it i think it's like an hour and a half
1: so i was gonna say sometimes it's worth audibling that at the same time as physically reading it because of the words so you'll learn how to pronounce it all okay. oh yes, the yes. Words. Great. also um, did we have a snoring dog oh elvis is being really loud. <laughs> Oh I was like, what is that noise? Right. I that.
3: started to wonder whether like uh, it was me. No,
1: it's the dog. I thought I thought it might be the dog. I didn't well, realise he was but, that far away. It sounded yeah. next to it. My ass was so bad at the moment and I was thinking
0: oh, okay. I need <laughs> <you> my inhaler. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it was a dog.
0: Yeah. It's it's the bulldog. Always the bulldog. <laughs> if you hear barking or paws on the floor, it's albie If you hear snoring, it's or farting, it's Elvis. Um, or me.
1: <laughs> so my next note on the overlap was the inner voice, wasn't it? Um, I can't remember, Alex had that. I know, I had um, inner voices. and we So touched on, on episode what we five,
0: you guys, it was, it was one of your self-confidence ones. I think it was the second one. Yeah. I don't remember. But you talked about the inner voice and having a positive inner voice. Now, Dawn and I have gone into this probably in every single episode mm-hmm. because obviously all of these... Um, philosophies all of these methods are you need to be able to hear your inner voice to be able to even notice what you need to change yeah um and it comes up I think Gav you know this one with ahimsa most uh because so ahimsa mean is the first yama, so the first um social etiquette that we should work on and that is non-violence so not being violent to someone and I feel like not being violent to someone is kind of obvious I think we're taught that from a very young age you know don't be mean don't hurt anyone physically or mentally etc cetera, etc cetera. but we do it to ourselves like i've said earlier we have a negative bias towards everything especially ourselves mm-hmm. and um noticing where we're violent to ourselves and noticing our inner voice our inner critic um comes up a lot uh within i think every single episode doesn't it dawn yeah but um yeah. and so it would be wonderful again to ha- hear your take on the inner voice and how that how you work with your clients um on their inner voice
2: yeah i'll kick off and then we can go to go go to you if you like but that i think when we when when we talk about thoughts for example people often obviously they know they have thoughts but they're not really that aware of them and they're just randomly running all all over the place i often help people to understand it even more say well if a thought is obviously a Electromagnetic signal with chemical production in the synaptic gap in in, 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 in neurons in your brain. So there is there's a physical aspect to our thoughts, but to help people understand it, I think if 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 we often just suggest that for the most part, when we are considering our thinking, we tend to have that simply in two mediums. In terms of language, so I would hazard a guess if I put this to you three, you probably don't think in Russian any of you no uh,
0: no it's I not on Wednesdays I think in Russian
2: <laughs> Tuesdays it's French gotcha. you're multi Alex yeah of course all the time uh, yeah so yeah, of course I'm not thinking Russian because I don't know Russian as a language but I do think in English without realizing it and also so we think in the in the medium of language we think in the medium of imagery a lot of the time don't we so and I think that the language bit helps people to understand just how much you're talking to yourself in here you know in your head and you know that's technically known as psycholinguistics we call it self-talk um there are self-talk specialists that suggest on a typically average day sometimes up to 70 percent of our waking hours there's inner chatter going on yeah it's a lot and how much of that is helpful how much of it is constructive how much of it is helping you grow or how much of it is you know are you diminishing yourself without even knowing that we're doing it so yeah going back to the points that you're making we do a, a heck of a lot of our coaching work is around usually involve self-talk as a real point of reference and some tools particularly around affirmations and helping people to understand different types of self-talk you know how how do we question ourselves what's what do we keep repeating about ourselves because even to ourselves and others we will often often say things about ourselves and you know the example we often use is i've heard some people just tell so many other people that they're the sort of person that's always late yep
1: yeah that's an example i like
2: used. yeah we weren't born pre-programmed to be late to everything we've just been late a couple of times someone else referenced it we then reference it and then we tell everybody and ourselves that's how we are guess how often that person's late because it's, it's like it's like they the continuous programming they're giving themselves from the conscious to the subconscious just reinforcing that over and over again so
0: people do it with being fat as well i'm fat yeah they create that label and then wonder why they can't get out of it yeah yeah,
2: yeah. and yeah. and all of that is that you know, all of that in that inner inner and outer language particularly the stuff around where we're referencing ourselves. Yeah, the simple. I say the simplest analogy I give. We are programming ourselves as we go through life. That would be the way that we, we we reference it. And if you if you're not as you wish to be, whatever that is, you know, a key part of changing that is you're going to need to re- reprogram yourself. You need to start saying something different. Now, of course, initially when you start doing that, it doesn't feel right. You know, so if, if I am always late and I suddenly start telling myself I'm always on time, I'm always on time. I've, I've just have had. Fifty odd years of programming, telling myself I'm always late. That's not going to shift in a, in a, in an instant, but it will shift over time. If you start putting a different a uh, different language uh, or a different sentence and a different a different voice alongside some other things, you can reprogram yourself. That's the fabulous thing about the subconscious mind. So, yeah, I'll let him I'll let Anne expand upon it, so I don't steal all of her thunder. But we do. I mean, our coaching has so much reference and work around the inner voice, inner and outer voice, and Whilst we don't need to be psychotherapists, you can tell so much. Well, firstly about yourself, but even so much about other people's psychology just by listening to how they communicate, because their language tells you so much about their programming, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What I do absolutely.
3: you? I was going to say. I mean, yeah. Just obviously, I completely agree with you because we teach the same stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, one of the one of the things I always say about well, firstly, technically our sort of inner voice and our self talk we're really just reiterating a belief we have about ourselves. Um, and one of the main ways that we form beliefs is through repetition. So if you are repeatedly saying, I'm always late, or I'm such a worrier, I always worry about things like that. If you're always saying things like that to yourself, you are and, and through repetition, as dad says, after 50, 50 years or so, you've just got a really solid belief there that you are something. And the only person that's really decided that is is, is you. Um, so one of the kind of key ways we help people to work on their sort of inner voice and their self-talk is, firstly, you need to be very aware of the beliefs you have about yourself that hold you back. Um, So if that is confidence in your own ability, if that's about your communication skills or how likable you are, whatever that might be, we actually work with people to help them write that down and say, either finishing the sentence of, I'm the sort of person who, or I'm the sort of person that, um, or actually, yeah what beliefs do hold me back and taking time to write that down um because you need to be aware of what your self-talk is in order to work on it um and then yeah we usually work with people don't we on actually So there's 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 i won't go super super in depth on this but there's three types of self-talk you've got informal which is perhaps what you just say to a colleague or a friend of i'm, I'm always late i'm rubbish at that or um what you're just casually saying uh, the second way second form of self-talk is a primary question people typically um use these when something's gone wrong so why do I always mess up why does everything go wrong why does nobody like me why do I always get so stressed out why am I so disorganized whatever you ask your subconscious whatever you're asking yourself your, our brains are so obedient they are going to give you loads of answers it's a bit like google so if you're asking why do I always mess up you're just going to get a whole ton of reasons of oh, because you're usually really really disorganized or because of all those other times you messed up you're just going to be quite self-fulfilling of what you're asking yourself so um, a more helpful kind of question to ask yourself if something has gone wrong is, what could I learn from this instead of, why am I so rubbish? Um, and then the final uh, form of self-talk is, affirm- is sorry, the final type of self-talk is formal self-talk, which is what we sort of regard as an affirmation. So it's a consciously constructed statement about yourself. Um, so there you're actually choosing, what do I want to say to myself? What do I want to say about myself? How do I want to be? um and that's how we kind of construct these positive statements um with our clients and as i said earlier i i practice mine when i'm doing my yoga because for me that's a time when i'm feeling yeah very in a slow moment um there's no there's no distraction no noise i'm just there in my flat with my mat and i'm just thinking i find it very easy to as dad was saying about the way that we think i i find it very easy to visualize my affirmations um, so if I've got ones around feeling confident and calm as I whatever pose I'm doing I can I can really think about that one I close my eyes because that's what I visualise If <laughs> I'm thinking yep that, and I can see myself calm and confident
1: and um yeah does that that, does that help sorry yeah yeah no it yeah, does absolutely. yeah and it, I think it probably leads quite well into um the next point I've written down of self-visualisation and is that like how we visualise ourselves yeah absolutely so sort of you're yeah your are the way we
3: think about ourselves really if you're trying to have a more positive self-talk um it wouldn't help if you were having an affirmation around um being calm and calm and confident and yet you decided to sit there and visualize yourself each day um losing everything or sort of you know being really scatty and um crying and worrying about like if you if you are thinking about yourself in those scenarios um an example I usually give is some people get quite nervous before maybe presenting in a meeting um and they might be thinking over and over again about tomorrow I've got to be in front of my clients and I've got got to have my slides ready what if this doesn't what if the internet goes what if this happens and they're sort of worrying about this scenario of, of things going wrong and they're um yeah, things falling apart around them and, and actually visualizing themselves being nervous. Um, so w- we always yeah talk about positively visualizing yourself in, in situations exactly how you'd like them to go because um, you can't feel anxious without having anxious thoughts because our thoughts actually drive our emotions. You can't feel stressed without having stressed thoughts. Um, so if you want to feel confident, calm, whatever that might be, you need to be having confident and calm thoughts um but yeah so visualizations it's it's really important to visualize ourselves
1: i think yeah i i really um did, did an example of that the other week for my yoga teacher training exam like the night before lying in bed just visualizing waking up late something going wrong there being accidents on the road and then just couldn't sleep like i just couldn't get to sleep because i knew i had to be up and leave the house by seven to get somewhere for nine and you Know it was that you know the long journey to get there, and then the impact of that on an assessment as well, sort of yeah. And then just being chaotic, feel that feeling that I've had before made me I was just lying awake, going, oh, I'm going to be like that, I'm going to be all chaotic,
2: not knowing what's going on. <laughs> I'm imagining all of that now, you're telling me,
1: yes, yeah. exactly, making <laughs> my heart
0: go
2: fast? <laughs> exactly.
1: No, whereas I should have just been like, oh, it's fine, I know the route, it's going to be fine, I'll leave in plenty of time, I'm all organized, but yeah,
2: yeah, but so, so with. with the more verbal aspect or the inner voice, the communication aspect around the inner voice and outer voice and the imagery, so that our visualization or mental simulation, as we often call it, our recommendation encouragement to people is, and this is, you know, we sometimes need to train ourselves and help ourselves to do this because people have been doing the less than helpful, obvious negative version of that is, all of that language and imagery needs to be in tune with who and how you want to be and how you want your life to be or how you want a scenario to go and that's not easy, I appreciate, it, because there's all sorts of influences on our thinking every single day, but that's in, sim- in simple terms, but that's what we're looking to help people with. And just because we get our psychology and our mindset and our imagery and our language all in tune, does that guarantee life always goes smoothly and well? No, of course it doesn't, because there's other factors. But what it does mean is we are in the, uh, we are pointing ourselves considerably in the direction we want to go in life, and it's much more likely to occur.
0: And I also think that when things mm-hmm. do get thrown in your face and stuff comes up that you can't expect like a pandemic, yeah. anyone whose mindset is in that kind of place is going to be so well equipped to deal with it. Yeah. the people who um, perhaps hadn't worked on mindset ever or just completely focused on everything in the future and couldn't bring themselves to the present were the people that absolutely meltdown yeah. at the beginning, couldn't yeah. handle it. Um, and it just it equi- you you're just so much well, you're just better equipped for it. Um, and I think that's been our kind of running theme throughout this last series, hasn't it, Dawn? It's just been by working on all this stuff, when things do come up, uh, one of the goals of yoga is to reduce fluctuations within the mind. So mm-hmm. your fluctuations are super high level, joy, happiness, love, the really, oh my God, ecstatic excitement, high level emotion to the really lowest of the low emotion. Um, and they're the fluctuations. And if you ha- haven't got that element of mindfulness, um, if you don't really know what's going on in your own brain, if you don't even hear your own self-talk, mm-hmm. you're completely out of control. You can be up one day, down the next. The smallest thing had happened, and your day is ruined. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have that attachment with your self-talk, you're like, whoa, 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 what's going on? okay well I can rein this in instead of where, why am I such a failure like Em said it's right what can I learn from this and instantly the the highs or the lows become more yeah. normal
2: yeah.
0: is that the wrong word just level yeah. um and you you suffer less yeah
2: um, um and I, I think that. absolutely get that Alex and and the uh, yeah it's, it is really really important and it it is again psychologically proven when we are mentally and emotionally in a more constructive place. I won't just say positive because that can sound a bit finger about but constructive place. The brain is so much more resourceful because of the chemicals that are getting produced when we are you know, mentally and emotionally in a better place. We are we are much more creative. We'll find solutions to things more effectively. Problems and issues that seem big in a less than great place aren't anywhere near as big. Um, we can be more constructive, et cetera. We will feel more confident in those situations. So, yeah, people don't, and many of them don't know otherwise. I'm not slighting people, but, you know, this sort of less than helpful mental, emotional place in the Western world that, you know, for a variety of reasons, many of people are finding themselves in or traveling to. It's a bit like we are then our, our own worst enemy, so you know life can be challenging and then if this if we're not in the most helpful place we make those challenges 20 times worse for ourselves or harder Mm. Um, and then we are really spiraling aren't we then we can really be spiraling and that's why quite a lot of the world seems to need a lot of help I Mm. think.
1: Over the last year did you notice um, your clients coming to you for different reasons to pre-pandemic?
2: Yes I I think well certainly yeah companies and organisations have I mean initially March the 23rd last year, we had a really big year of booked work. Right. And it all just got postponed. So, you know, that's a challenge. We've got two businesses, and that was a challenge. Well, crikey, things were looking so rosy commercially. Now we've got nothing, literally nothing. So, yeah, it's a great test for what we teach. You know, how are we going to handle that? What are we going to do? Are we going to sit in a corner trembling, we're just wondering if the world's going to end? Or do we think, hey, there's not a lot I can do about that, 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 and that. So, what can we do? How are we going to flex with it? And then, obviously, uh, you know, we start to look at different ways of delivering, and you know, I've existed for many months by this medium, like M has as well too. It's quite novel. I did a I did a one to one coaching session session face to face the other day, and it was like, wow, oh, this is a real novelty. It was really nice.
0: It feels weird, doesn't it? Like, oh, yeah. you're a real person.
2: <laughs> yes. um, we're to get we're getting back to some of that stuff more and more and more. But yeah, the point is, yeah, we've got a very large. Um, public sector client has six thousand employees i mean as, as a as an employer they've i think they've been really good with their staff they've they've nearly worked from home um they've been really flexible about when people work during the day if they've got children and other stuff they've had more provision put in place for mental well-being and an advice because you know there's advice everywhere. Isn't there? We're giving it, you're giving it. There's advice everywhere. Some of it's helpful and some of it isn't. And yeah, and some of the work we've been asked to do has 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 included Dawn. Yeah, some of that. Some of that less about the job, more about the person. Yeah, sort of
1: yeah.
2: Work. Um, and again, we, we've we've probably more overtly developed some products. You know, we have a well-being. Um, product that we, we've, and we've done that work for years, we just didn't call it well-being. So now we're just shaping it so that people get what it is a little bit more easily. Um, yeah, well-being and resilience and stuff like that. So yeah, it's definitely, on I mean, and actually come, moving out of this into moving out of lockdowns into where people, have, some are gonna be going back to a place of work and, and, and other shifts and changes which will occur, will occur and, and things won't always go back to how they were, thankfully in some respects. Um, yeah, I think it's, it creates, you know, we've, been, we've had a team meeting this morning, amazing opportunity for organisations like us, the sort of work that you guys are talking about around yoga. And I'm, I'm massively, I'm enthused I'm and, and hopeful in some respects that some of the values shifts that people have um, either consciously gone through or a byproduct of, you know, the strange world we've been in for 12 months. It's just, you know, they've, they've shifted some values on things. Around appreciating the simple things in life way more than they probably did, even you know something as simple as a walk and stuff like that. I hope, I really hope, we don't lose all of that and that some of that stuff stays. And just so people live a better, more balanced lives and and the sort of the chaos, what we might call the chaos of rushing around it just doesn't go don't go quite go back to how some of that was not the idea to you, but yeah. do. I, yeah. I really hope that there's a there's a there's a permanent shift in some of those things
1: i think from the commercial side as well like with businesses I, it's been interesting to see how varied um, businesses have coped and how they've treated their staff and hmm. i've got some friends that work for amazing companies that just sing their praises and you know this is where i just i wish more companies employed People like you to, you know, to teach them because, you know, they've then got staff that are just loyal, that are dedicated. Yeah. That although they know they've got the flexibility to not work at certain times, they they want to do what their work. They you mm. know they want to do it, but they've also got good work life balances. And then, you know, other companies have made it quite difficult, and
2: yeah. it's affected people a lot. Absolutely. What but, we have found, sorry, I just want to just touch on the licensing thing, and then we'll go to end. Yeah. You know, we, we started a new sister business for want of another term start of 2020 really where we decided you know the principles and philosophies that we teach and been teaching those for over 20 years that we would license people to be able to do that to grow our team rather than having an employed model but a licensed model and um, so that we, we structured all of that where people can come and learn how to become a mindspan coach they can become a coach trainer and then there's a sort of master trainer level as well too and Obviously we started that business just before everything happened. <laughs> so initially we're like, oh great, great. You know, the self-talk was like, well, isn't this handy? And actually it turned out to be very handy to be honest because people were going through, people have, have been and still are going through shifts around what do I really wanna do in life? Mm. Does my job really fulfill me? Yeah. I wanna go and help people more, how can I do that? So actually we've taken on eight eight people
3: Yeah, at the moment, yeah, but we're hoping there should be quite a few more.
2: Yeah, yeah, we've got another, we're going to be training the next lot in July. Yeah, we've got so much into. So actually, the the lockdown and, and having a little bit, initially a bit more time space enabled us in the new business to build a lot of the systems and processes that would have taken longer. So we're quite strangely grateful for that, if that makes sense. And actually, the shifts that are going on in people's heads and what they really want in life and their value shifting means actually we've got even more people who'd like to come and look at the offer that we have. Yeah. And hence, we've actually, this new business has been really successful in a very strange time already. So
0: have you taken the course
2: 100% online then? That's
3: that, that is something <laughs> we're looking to do. Yeah, Entered
2: in charge of the learning management system. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So
3: we're, we're, we're delivering a lot digitally, but I mean, we're actually. That obviously, we're doing a lot of video and um, all of that kind of stuff. But we're we're um, yeah we're, we're out, we are building sort of digital memberships. Digital so there's products for end user. There's going to be le- digital learning materials for our team. Um, we have already been building that. But there's a lot. I think over the next three months, our sort of what's available to uh, end users um, from from us digitally will be completely different. Um, but just what I was going to kind of obviously dawn on your question of just what have we seen differences in, in like who we've been working working with and um, yeah, because of the pandemic, There's, there has been a huge thing in terms of people. Um, I think people, yeah, I guess like before it just seemed like, oh, I've always I've always got to go to work and work's always going to have to be somewhere else. And I've, I've got to go into London for this or I've got to do that. I think a lot of people have realised from this actually what they thought was an absolute just isn't anymore. Um, so I have worked with a lot of, I've do. I I've delivered a lot more one-to-one coaching because of the pandemic, because people have felt really, they've come to, I've started working with them when they felt really lost, I think, because it's like, oh, there's all these things changing. I don't really know how I feel. Do I have to do this? Um, so helping them with that, um, has obviously been quite a few of my clients have had a career shift because of um, the pandemic, either through a redundancy or just thinking, I don't actually wanna be in an office anymore. I don't actually wanna do do this or that anymore. But one of the biggest things I think I've personally worked with people on has been their confidence as an impact of the pandemic because um, one, we're not seeing people so much and that can be a, one way in which people really do uh, seek validation is through personal contact um, and yeah it, it's a totally different way of living your day um, and if you're not having that interaction and that sort of like well, there was something I, interesting I heard about it should instead of being called social distancing it should have been called physical distancing because yes. you know socially there's a total different mentality on that um, but one of the other things I found quite interesting was that we are seeing ourselves more because we're having a lot of video um, and a lot of people have become you know traditionally you might not have sat in a work meeting and been able to see yourself because you're so focused on or what your manager's saying or what the person in front of the room's saying. and because we're looking at ourselves a lot more, um that that's actually something I've worked with a lot of young females on is they are oh, I didn't know my face looked like that or i didn't I didn't think I looked like this or and it's, it's something that people have become um yeah really had to work on people with sort of that. No way. Yeah, because if you think about it, you wouldn't live your your day seeing yourself externally. Um, So when you can see yourself in the bottom of a screen, and let's be honest, these cameras are not always the best. <laughs> and the lighting might not always be great. I know, Dad... I mean, Gav, the- you look great, yes. yes. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Fantastic. It's your moisturiser, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think it's, it's really impacted quite a few people, actually, you know you wouldn't watch yourself listening to somebody and when we listen to people we usually well if you're like me I'm like ah, like my face is just going (laughs) great um yeah so it's been quite a that's something I've worked on people quite a lot like have you discovered
0: the speaker view on here so if you Uh, change it to speaker view and then you can minimize your picture
3: yeah And then
0: it's so much nicer because I have to when we're doing this or even when it's just Dawn and I, I always try and just look at her or like just look at you. And when you're talking, just look at Gab Mm. when he's talking, because otherwise you just get completely you have to ignore your own face, don't you?
1: Yeah, that's that's been literally like the only downside of this podcast is that I have numerous times. Like just staring at myself and like to the point you know where I've looked into having things done and I'm like I don't you know, yeah, no, you're, you're you know. But oh, honestly, thank you yeah. but it that does you know it's that staring yeah. at yourself yeah like all the time going oh what, what can I change you know and all of this but yeah really you know
2: none it's... of you are 58 are you
1: <laughs> <No>. I am <laughs> yeah, Alex, you, look, you look absolutely amazing
2: <laughs> for 58
0: I know <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Actually, just yeah. on, on, on the back of some of what you're saying there, uh, Dawn, your question around, you know, different needs or evolved yeah. needs, different types of work and some of what Em said. We, uh, we were asked to deliver a new product, development product for a particular client. And again, another big client in this around dealing with what's been going on. And we to make sure we're delivering the right stuff based on what they thought they needed. We also looked at some uh, psychological research around the sort of situation the world's been in and everything else. And we obviously all human beings have loads of needs they're trying to meet every day. Those are the things that motivate what we do. So we we have these needs anyway, but there's a number of needs that have become, we call them amplified for, for a lot of people in the last 12 to 14 months. Connection, obviously. Um, because you cannot, as as much as this is great, and this will be amazing for us to be able to deliver work through this medium, and it's lovely to see you guys, this isn't, it's not the same as being face-to-face, because whilst I can see you, and I can see you nod and smile and stuff like that, you don't feel it. Yeah. And and you, you, we miss out on the bit that we feel when we're with people. And it is, you know, you feel emotions, you feel those, you know, and also you can't physically touch people as well. So, So connection is obviously huge. That's a need that's not been met. So how are we trying to meet that need? A really interesting one was hope hope as a word can sound a bit weak i really hope i can get through this but actually it is a deep deep need that we have and there's the, the this isn't a two this hasn't been a one month experience you know we've it, we all thought well this will probably be over in a month or two initially no it's gone on and on then we have a little bit we, we get some good signals and we start to hope and then that gets scattered. Then we hope again, and that gets scuppered. So hope has been a, a, a need that's become ever more amplified. And that's helped me to understand, you know, whether, you, whether you're Conservative or Labour or whatever political persuasion you are, I now understand a little bit more why the government had been communicating in certain ways. And actually, you know, Christmas was a prime example that we were going to have five days at Christmas where we'd be able to do certain things that we've been able to do for a while. So people felt, people felt good. Oh, at least we'll have that. Then what happened? No, mm, not on that that. You've got a day at best, so the hope gets. So people, people are on this emotion. You talked about that roller coaster earlier, Alex. You know, people have been on this emotional roller coaster. So so connection is obviously a need that's more, even more amplified than normal. As is hope, purpose, which was just linking to what you said, M. People's purpose has been turned upside down because their lives have been turned upside down. What do I really want for a start? And do I want this anymore? And what I thought was my purpose, I can't even work that way anymore. So purpose has been turned on its head. Empathy is another, because people just it's an oversight if we go through life thinking yeah this is the experience people have had like yours Mm. it's been a very different experience for people I mean and the example I often give is that you know I do live down a lovely little country lane which is a dead end and as Alex knows and Em knows there's cows in that field there's horses in that field there's a tiny little lane there we've got a handful of properties it's not everyone's cup of tea but Sue and I love it you know and I can just go and walk in the garden and listen to the birds and nourish my soul for five minutes it's not as easy to do that if you're on the 10th floor of an apartment block with two small children and you haven't even got a balcony so you know and i think so people even more want other people to recognize what the experience has been like for them because it isn't the same for everybody is it ultimately so the those needs have actually are driving even more of the work that we're doing and should be driving even more in organizations how those people are led by their leaders and managers, but they'll only, they'll only pay attention to those things if they know them. At the end of the day. And actually also, <laughs> also around, you know, how we interact with each other at home. Yes. So this talk is amusing. <laughs> I think what, he's what dreaming. A, what are his needs, Alex? No,
3: he is his he needs need. going somewhere with his feet in his dream. Yeah. His yeah. really yeah. paws are going on there. Yeah. Bless yeah.
2: him. He's trying to find purpose in life, isn't he? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Elvis
0: is going through something. He's going through something right now. He's been yeah. a strange boy on his walks. He walks about, usually he would be off, gone. He would run off, have a great time. Um, at the minute, he gets to about 20 metres into his walk, just stands still, won't move. So we've had to be lead walking him lately. So he's going through some things. Oh,
3: I think it's awesome. because he's seen himself on Zoom so much.
0: Yeah. He knows I talk about him, I think. Yeah. Look at little poor. <laughs> oh,
3: or oh, he's a conductor that could be a
1: This his dream Maybe. yeah who
0: knows but he was singing as well
1: yeah.
3: um
0: I
1: don't know. have you seen um people's values shift then when you've value like looked at people's values and gone through that has that shifted through the last year
3: I, I've, I've seen that yeah i mean we we often work with people when we uh, sort of on on their whole on purpose and clarity um and, and, w- and with that we usually define, help them to define their sort of core intrinsic values. So we define that as moral or ethical ways of being or behaving, um, and also their extrinsic values. Um, so sort of external activities or resources that they really enjoy. Because um, when we have those, and we're really clear on what's most important to us, we do tend to feel um, more self-assured, more confident. It helps us with um, goal setting, and when we know, you know all that, what the, all that important stuff is. Um, And I've noticed um, quite a big change, probably more in some of that extrinsic um, stuff from people, Um, just in sort of that external stuff that that they enjoy, um, with a lot of people focusing more on actually really enjoying the space, I think, Um, family time, um, time with others, um, which we would, you know, I mean, I I used to take it for granted that every Sunday, my boyfriend and I normally go for a coffee with a group of friends that live locally. Um, if you'd have said to me two years ago, oh, it's going to be impossible to go and have a coffee publicly, I'd have just thought, that, oh, yeah, right, yeah.
0: Um,
3: Now, I, I do not take anything like that for granted anymore. And have it's, I think people are sort of starting to, and I, like Dad said earlier, I really hope this shift stays, um, that people are seeing just how precious and important some of those things that were always a given really are. Um, so yeah, I think personally, probably, um, also finance, I've seen quite, that's something people tend to feel a bit differently about now in that they've spent a lot less money usually, uh, with, with the pandemics, they're not traveling so much, um, being able to fund different types of things. Um, but I, 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 I don't know about you, dad, but I've seen people really shift the way that like they're focused on what's, what's most important to them. Mm. Does, does some of that material stuff really matter? Mm. Uh, I think that's a big thing that's probably
2: changed I agree, and well. I, I think there's, and it isn't with everybody, by any stretch, because yeah. some people were queuing for two hours outside Primark because they couldn't yeah. wait to do some retail shopping. That, that's fine. That's just there. Good
0: old sustainable fashion yeah, there.
2: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I, th- I think there's, you know, that, I mentioned earlier, a higher value on some simple stuff, fresh air, nature, um, less value on some money and material things. Yeah, I'm not saying we should all yeah. go and you know live in a shack on the side of a mountain and you know just exist with nature all day every day. No, I, the
0: mountains I, would get full. Well, they would
2: exactly. I like running a business and I yeah. you know, I love that. It fulfills me. It, it's a great way of me expressing myself in lots of different ways, which is why I probably never retire fully. But so I, I like a lot of this stuff. But if, again, I I hope that some of that, as I said earlier, there's some of those little value shifts that we're just highlighting. I think it'd just be good for society if they did all ping back like a rubber band to how it is a lot of the time yeah if it
0: doesn't ping back i do think it will be a generation though it's going to be our generation that yeah. carry it through and then it'll be back in my day yeah. We can leave a cup go- for a cup of coffee <laughs> <In> <laughs> you know
3: of how good you've got it uh, <laughs> where, where is that person from alex that's I definitely know. north norfolk uh, north 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 north. North. North russian thoughts <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I don't, don't know what lockdown's been like in Russia, so yeah. I don't want to do my Russian accent. They yeah. might have had a great time. Um, though yeah. These are the guys that I've seen down the pub in the last week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've
1: definitely had um, a lot of conversations with a lot of people recently on, like, the things they've loved about the last year that they want to carry on and they've appreciated mm, and so yes. much of it, like so many of our friends. And now, I mean, and again, this is having that empathy. We're so fortunate in Norfolk to have so much open space, so many places we can go and walk and, you know, footpaths with little coffee shops, like, or little coffee carts on the way. And just that going for a walk with a friend has been a huge change and it's just yes. oh, so good for your health. Mm. I think it's there's pretty. so many, so many of my friends, we would rather now meet for a walk rather than just go round each other's house for a coffee, yeah. Even yeah. when we can, because you're like, oh, I'm getting all my steps in at the same time. Yeah, yeah and, and
2: um, I, yeah. Sorry, John. In our family, just apologies. We've um, we've found an even an, an updated purpose for our walking. Yeah, Let's don't don't do Emily.
0: No, boy, no, going go it's going to golf. Oh, go
2: golf. So, you have
0: got it. Uh, I saw it ages ago. I knew it was going to come up today, somehow yeah. or another. Didn't know who it was going to be. I knew it a
2: be fibre if you could introduce golf into a yoga podcast. I, I
3: did not say that. Do you know because every single episode of mine and Dad's podcast starts with, "I don't even want to ask him how he is because I know what's going to come up—the last eighteen holes or however his golf's been." <laughs> uh,
2: excuse me, where were you on uh, on the weekend?
3: No, I, I like golf. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. But um, you know, come on, get a line.
2: <laughs> in my
0: eyes, golf ruins a good walk. But you you're know, walking, each to their you're own.
2: Adventure. You're sharing the moment and the and the game with people you love. It's
3: lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have. Well, basically, I decided to take it up because in the family WhatsApp chat, it was just Mum, Dad, and Ollie sending all their golf videos and talking about golf holidays when that can eventually open. So when I thought hmm, there's an opportunity for me to go in the sunshine here and not be left out of this chat. So I've purely only learnt it out of jealousy.
0: (laughs) Or just a willing, a want to be part of your family again. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, Yeah. all that, but no, mainly the jealousy thing. Jealousy. (laughs) I want a holiday.
0: Yeah. If I'm going on a golfing holiday with dad, he might pay.
2: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. Exactly. We've got it. (laughs) Brilliant. Oh,
1: wow. (laughs)
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. um we were talking that you kind of touched on it Um, we talked about in our episode on discipline which was oh no I've forgotten what it's called tapas yeah, yeah. um and with the values and how important that creating your own values and knowing your own values is if you actually want to achieve anything and create discipline in your life because if you really want to start a new habit but your own core values don't align with that habit you're never going to do it never going to and stick with it and I found that's um a huge thing for me I had to work out what my values were before I could actually establish whether I was going to be able to run a successful business is that actually something I want to do could I actually achieve this am I the right kind of person to do it um and I just think it it's amazing that this kind of comes through yoga as well it just you have to have your values and it seems like such a modern business term in my head it's always been more of the business side of life create what your values um but then there it is boom in your yoga thousands of years old
3: (laughs) it's 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 a funny one because I always say to people when i never underestimate the power of your values because before I'd taken the time to identify what mine were and I was still in full-time employment in my back in my the old the olden days. No, 2019 I was still um You have to do doing, it with the
0: accent yeah. the, olden back
3: days. the olden days <laughs> <laughs> then, and I was That was Norfolk. That was, Norfolk. That um, was
2: proper Norfolk. Yeah,
3: but I, I got a lot of family that talk like that so I can do it on demand. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> but in my in my old job, I was so I was working doing marketing, working for a media agency on some pretty cool clients, um, and things were going very very well. Um, you know, I was in a good job, wasn't I, Dad? I was promotions were on track, things were going well. But things would happen, like promotions would happen, or I'd get put on certain projects that, on paper, I'd think, "Yep, that should be awesome." And if that ever happened, that's going to be amazing. And then I'd get there, and I really didn't feel anything. Um, and I started to get to a point where I didn't even, and I, I do whatever I put my mind to. I will always work hard at it. But I started to really struggle with motivation, and really have to, I had to do a lot to get my head in. I did get my head in the right place every day, but it wasn't easy. And it wasn't until I actually went through my values and sort of actually thought, you know, especially with those intrinsic ones, like what's what's really important for me, um, and passion is a, is is so important. For me it's like one of my top values now even though work was going great for me i didn't deep down i didn't feel passionately about the job i was doing um and the clients i was working on and it, it, i think my values really helped me to look back at a time and go if you didn't feel quite right i can guarantee it doesn't align with something conflicts with your values um and we are like alex as you say you're so much more likely to it doesn't mean it's impossible but you're so much more likely to work hard and be committed at something if it really aligns with what's important to you you'll always find a way to make it work whether that's launching a business or um you know achieving a certain thing if it it, like you know i I think i spoke about this with you the other day didn't i dad about the marathon i'm not i'm not a passionate runner um (laughs) i like fitness but running's not kind of my favorite thing to do um but in 2017 i did the marathon Um, the London Marathon in honour of my granddad so my dad's dad he had motor neurone disease Um, I didn't feel passionately about running but I felt very passionately about um, creating some funding for something that my granddad went through that to be honest the the charity and the, the help granddad got was amazing and I just thought it was that that I was passionate about and, and not the running, but if you, if you, if you can align your values with something that perhaps deep down, you don't find truly motivating because um, there's always going to be things in life. We don't always really want to do, but sometimes might um, have to do them. Um, if you can align your values with that in some way, it really helps with motivation. So to say like, I would, I wasn't passionate about running, but I was very passionate about um raising money for for uh motor neurone disease association does that make sense it's kind of just agreeing with you alex but i took it back
1: yeah that's what got you through the runs
3: yeah that really got me through the runs i used to think about i used to think about granddad all the time when i was doing it and just because his his he had such a um what's the word vicious is not the right term is it but a very 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 vicious sort of strand of motor neuron disease that he had and he got diagnosed in the in the February and we were told initially he'd have a couple of years but he actually passed away in the July so across February to July every week that I saw my granddad he was able to move less and less and less he needed more help he was unable to talk um, and there was so much help that he had uh, kind of with with the care and sort of um, yeah what was what was given to him that helped him still really enjoy those last few months and get as much out of them with us as possible um and also just with that one of the other reasons I felt like the marathon was important for me to try is that my granddad has obviously for those that don't know motor neurone diseases is, is the is basically when you become is what Stephen Hawkins had and you lose the your mind connection to your m- sort of movement connection is, is broken so even if you're saying I want to pick up that spoon like it doesn't he doesn't work you can't move So he was almost paralyzed and I just thought he was quite a mobile man prior to that happening he was a builder he was very physical and he even if he wanted to run a marathon he got he had that taken away from him because he just couldn't move anymore and I almost felt like I feel like I've got the gift of having totally functioning legs and I'd I sort of almost felt like I wanted to do it because I physically could um uh, I really didn't enjoy the running, but <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> but yeah, does that make sense? Yes,
2: yeah, absolutely. The, the values piece, everybody has values. They just don't know if they've got them, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say, yeah. Gav, is where we're, like, a lot of people you speak to sort of like, what are your core values? And they just look at you like you've spoken hmm. Russian yeah. again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's I was going to ask, how do you guys, uh, like briefly, how do you guys start people thinking about their values
2: well, first and foremost we need to talk about why what's the importance of them the fact we've all got them your values drive what you do and don't do but because we're not that aware of them we don't really then understand why we're doing things or not doing things or why we do something and it doesn't feel right and and you it's, it's just not much There's not much self-knowing if that makes sense mm-hmm. We talked about that earlier both of you didn't you and how much yoga is about sort of getting to know yourself and self-reflection in its various forms so we will also talk about what values are, why they're so important, the fact we've all got them, but most people don't know. So, and how much life, how much our lives can well, say be easier, but to live with more clarity. So the clarity is one of our key competencies. You can't have, it's difficult to have live with purpose in life unless we're clear because our purpose isn't the same for everybody. So, you know, so we go through a lot of clarity exercises, including identifying your core values so we talk about as m said identifying two types of core value that we essentially have one is intrinsic values and those as m said are our moral and ethical ways of being so those drive how we are our behaviors our reactions our responses so it's not always the case but often those intrinsic values can be expressed with a word and a little description underneath so um you know it's really about how you really want to be in life how you are how you want to be and, you know, we don't want 20 or 30 values. You only need a handful just to guide you because these are your highest level. You know There's like a hierarchy of values that we have and some win out because they're stronger, if that makes sense. So we're talking about being really clear about our highest level core values. Some of those are intrinsic that drive how we want to be, how we seek to be. So one you typically get from people is they'll put respect on there and I'll say, okay, well, that's fine. But what do you mean by respect? What is that? How does that what's your descriptor for that or how? what does that look like for you so you can they be so they can be really clear about what that means as a value and, and what behaviors that's going to drive then you get to the extrinsic values which are around resources that are outside of it things or resources outside of us or activities we things we like to engage in if that makes sense so on my extrinsic list nature is 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 on there that's that's one of my core values extrinsic values I love and nature has different connotations for people of course but my comment my meaning for nature is I like to I love being outside I love the countryside I love wo- you know green woodland you know the fresh oxygen you get in a woodland because that's what trees are producing and stuff like that and that's why so that's why we choose to live in the middle of the Norfolk rural countryside. And it is. Well. Yeah. Yeah. It would be, but for some other people, that wouldn't be one of their core values. One of their core values would be around extra. They want to be in the middle of the city where it's buzzing. I probably wanted that when I was 20, but I don't want that when I'm in my, so our values can shift as we go through life. But yeah, so we'll do some work around sometimes with the intrinsic values. We'll say to people, look, here's a list of words, 500 or a thousand words, just scan through the list and highlight the words that strike a chord with you around how you think you want to be in life or and and then then they'll go back through the highlighted words and they'll just distill that list filter that list over and over again until they're left with I don't know between three and six intrinsic values that they feel happy and comfortable absolutely committing to because once you're clear about your values you can call yourself to account against them every day was was I like that today did I express that value enough you know so if, if respect was one and yet you abused somebody you know, you can have a word with yourself say, actually, that wasn't in line with your value. What are you doing? Does that make sense? And so they're, they're almost like your own code for living. And if you, when you look at the extrinsic values, which are around resources and activities and the things you enjoy, well, you want to be filling your life with that stuff as much as you can. So I want to be in nature. I can't be in nature all the time, because so that's ridiculous, probably, because I'm sometimes at a desk, but I can make sure every day, consciously, because I know my value for nature and fresh air, I can make sure I'm out in it sometimes every day does that make sense so because i know it i can make a conscious decision about it so that's the that's the challenge most people have they just don't know and they haven't decided and you know also we can then also highlight what i call aspirational values so i'm not really living this value much at the minute but i aspire to strengthen it in myself or in life and you know an example of one i added to my own um, values list within the last couple of years was kindness i just thought i'm not unkind I keep talking about the fact that I think there should be more kindness in the world. Well, what are you doing about it? So I put it on my values list. So I challenge myself to regularly reflect on that. How am I being kind in its various forms? How am I being kind enough? So it becomes your code for living. And certainly I've found in my one-to-one coaching, when we do real values work with people and help them to elicit those values, so many benefits. One is shift. confidence and self-belief, comfortable in their own skin. They know what they stand for. They stop doing things they feel obliged to do. Restart. a start, I, I, I know that's not me. So they might go to keep other people happy sometimes and they choose not to, or they feel obligated to do this, that, and the other, and suddenly they get this clarity and with that clarity comes a level of strength. Massive, massively impact.
0: It changed my, the whole way I thought about myself. As soon as I worked on them, it was quite a few years ago now, but as soon as I did it, I was like, holy shit, why yeah. don't we do this in school? <laughs> yeah so much
1: of this would be beneficial in school
2: funny you yeah. say that because uh, one of the things we are in the process of doing and it's just started but is uh, we're setting up an educational division in the businesses yeah pe- specifically focused on working in the educational sector schools colleges and we've got someone heading that up who's next head um it's teacher massively passionate about mind span concepts and philosophy so yeah amazing watch That's this space
3: Hopefully the youngsters as they move forward will be uh, Yeah. Will, I don't know, be
0: they will hold on to that lockdown mindset. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I feel like we could carry on talking for hours. <laughs> but it's actually been an hour and a half. I know. So we have covered we've <laughs> covered a lot. It's been really lovely talking to you both. And it's it's so nice to hear it from a slightly different point you know, point of view, but actually, you know, so many of the same things isn't there. Yeah honestly Before
3: thank it, you so much for having us we, it's a, it's a pleasure
2: it. it's a pleasure And if you ever you want episode two just yeah
1: yeah. yeah yeah so yeah where can uh people find you you know what's the best way to contact you if they're interested in anything you do em um,
3: well uh we're available across multiple platforms um no we've, <laughs> we've we're um you know i mean I, is it helpful for me to sort of send we, yeah we'll put links we'll put well. it all yeah, in the show
0: notes anyway
3: yeah i mean we've got we're on we're on instagram facebook linkedin like twitter all the all the major sort of um, mm-hmm. platforms if you and obviously email if you wanted to contact us directly um but if anyone's been the interest has been sparked from sort of what we've been sharing today um because obviously referenced uh very kindly referenced our podcast a few times um well our podcast is called What's the Matter. Um so again, that's available across yeah, all sort of podcast all audio platforms and YouTube. Uh, so it's me and it's Dad and I, isn't it? As or his name on there is Mr. Dad because we tried to keep it a bit more formal. Um <laughs> 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 tried to be professional, didn't we, Dad? Actually,
2: that came from um, the first episode when you were doing the little intro bit, like Dawn normally does, I guess. You did the intro a bit and you went, Yeah, morning, everybody. Uh, welcome. I'm Emily Drake. And this is, um, and you didn't know what to call me. <laughs> yeah, well, I think so you went, This is Mr. Dad. Yeah. And then
3: you just <laughs> on, and even your clients have started calling you it. No, no, uh, no. No. it I think
2: Brilliant.
3: we weren't sure whether we should dial up or dial down the fact that we're dad and daughter um I, I think i was trying to be professional when i did that but um now it's just caught on as a as a Once in your life, is yeah. stage well, i
0: feel like if you try and fake your way through a podcast and be something you're not it's going to be really really wow. difficult and it'll come across whereas if you're just you and your dad then yeah. it <laughs> comes across so naturally
2: yeah, yeah, yeah I, no, I, definitely I, yeah we just sort to of make it fairly take psychology and make it a little bit informal and chat about a particular subject each time and what we thought about it really and yeah I, whether the world likes them is one thing. I just love doing them. So it's, it's yeah, it's, we
3: have fun, don't we? <laughs>
2: exactly, our experience too. Yeah. It. It, just briefly on terms of thing things we've mentioned, if there are people out there who think I'd quite like to investigate being a coach or whatever else, um, yeah, you know, please get in touch. You know, we get loads of contact from people. Not everyone eventually ends up being a coach, but you know, we're on a we're on quite a recruitment drive, really um over the next sort of few years so if anyone has an interest in that and they want to explore what we're doing and how we're doing it please feel free to do so
3: our yes. only requirement is that you want to help people basically <laughs> some people are like do i need this background or that background as long as you've got a passion for helping others we are we welcome them into the mindspan family but that <laughs> needs
0: to be one of their core values that, yeah. yeah exactly yeah.
3: exactly, <laughs> exactly. No, yeah, thank you so much um yeah,
0: for having us. oh it's been awesome thanks very guys.
3: grateful Thanks thanks
1: for coming on. Pleasure. (laughs) Lovely. And we'll see you some other time. Yes. Thank you.